Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most informational, educational, and entertaining podcast for auto detailers. Welcome to the community. There's nothing better than some community, and uh, we have enjoyed the community pubs, and the live version of the community pub happens at Mobile Tech Expo. Looking forward to the community pub night at Mobile Tech 2022. Sheldon, what can you tell us all about it? So that will be Friday the 28th. That's the opening day of the show for the trade show floor. Immediately following the close of the floor at five o'clock, we'll all exit. And right there, we will have some tables, some, you know, step and repeats, and of course, free beer. So we'll have many kegs. Uh, in 2020, we burned two kegs in like a whopping, you know, 12 minutes. So obviously you're going to order some more this time and hopefully we can uh, make that last a little bit longer. But we're going to try to have some, you know, fun games where it challenges you to go talk to someone that you might not know, maybe someone in a different industry and try to embrace that community feel and, you know, make some connections and hopefully, you know, make a connection that's going to make you some business down the road. So that's we the whole did- goal here. We did hear out of 2020 that there was dent and detail people that linked up in cities and they actually shared business together afterwards. So it is a very vital uh, party in a sense, right? Come out, drink some beer, get to know some people and who knows what can happen when you're inside of community. So Sheldon, looking forward to it. That's Friday the 29th, correct? That's correct. Uh, No, the 28th, Friday the 28th immediately following the trade show and it'll be right outside the doors. You can't miss it. Uh, No need for drink tickets or anything. Just head on up to that bar that we'll have and there'll be a nice cold beer waiting for you. But they do need to register for the expo at mobiletechexpo.com. And if they want to save 15%, I mean, who doesn't want to save some money? (laughs) Use discount code pints. So you can save 15% and then come get some free beer at the community event. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Can't wait to see everybody there. Thanks Sheldon. All right, cheers. Hi, welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. My name is Marshall Hill, and I'm your guide as we journey through the car care industry. I'm joined today by Nick, and you can find us at HyperClean Specialist on Facebook. Best way to get in touch, though, shoot me a text direct to 918-800-1188. Nick, there's no doubt that the group has been a lot of fun. We're getting plenty of people that are sending back feedback, talking they're glad to be a part of it. Still a very slow-moving, small group. It will grow over time. What's what's overall, you know, to give people an overall idea of why we created the group? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, look, it's a centralized place where everybody can help everybody, right? It's not just people connecting with Marshall and Nick. It's connecting with other people using our products from our soap to our interior cleaner, to all of our coatings, to all the different things we're going to be coming out with. Right. And, and it's, and it's more like, Hey man, I ran into this, uh, you know, what have you ever, you know, ran into this and guys are sharing their stories and Hey, I, yeah, this is what I did for that. So I think it's more of like support and, and understanding that, that you're not out there alone using our stuff, that there's a big, uh, group of us that, that they use this stuff on a daily basis and can maybe share some tricks of the trade, so to speak. It's a great place for, cause we get people that ask us, you know, Hey, can we use dose on matte paint? You bet. Go to hyperclean specialists on Facebook. People are in there using it. You can ask them questions about, Hey, can I, 
do I, do I leave it on for this amount of time to, how do I do that? You know, there's got a lot more people than just me and Nick. And while, while we got yeah. a lot of information, listen, having a lot more people with information does a lot better than just you and me. Yeah, for sure. Uh, all right. So I am diving into what I'm selling. All right. Today, I am selling motherfucking Topo Chico because I can't. I've told you. I've told you over and over. We have not been able to find it. And I drank my last one Sunday morning, sitting out on the porch, poured me a nice uh, glass, sitting in my pints of polishing uh, cup, sitting out on the back patio. It was about 11 a.m. We had a, just a beautiful day. I went, huh. Our last one, like, <laughs> God damn it. Now we heard maybe there's a Mexican grocery store I like to go to. We heard that they might have some back in a corner somewhere, but it, for some reason, man, it's getting super hard to find Topo Chico here. I don't you just order it on Amazon. Might be the next phase. Yeah, there you go. Have it, just have it delivered. Yeah, no, <laughs> we don't, we don't have that kind of issue, but, uh, so that's that's your selling, huh? Well, I'm buying something, so attended well, I'm SEMA. Buying too. Oh, but so I'm you don't selling both? first. Oh, got it. So yeah, I'm just I'm buying. I uh, got to uh, experience the uh, Tesla Loop, which they built underneath the convention center here in Las Vegas. Look, you can really effectively move underneath the convention center to go, you know, to different halls, and you know how that used to be a long walk all the time, and it's just more efficient word is they're going to spread that out. You know, that could, that could one day be all the way to the airport that brings you right to the convention center uh, with no traffic to deal with. We'll see. I mean, you know, everything gets talked about in these grandiose plans, but honestly, really cool experience. They said they had 75 to hundred model uh, X's driving people all day, every day during SEMA. That's going to double uh, when CES comes to town in January uh, with the amount of cars. Or was it yeah, just yeah. button pushed? No, 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 no. That, that autonomous doesn't, you know, because I'm a car nerd, let me share this. Autonomous cars don't actually exist. I'm from uh, Oklahoma. See, we yeah, hear that they do. I, I get it. Cool videos, so, uh, you know, we who's haven't insuring actually, them? <laughs> we haven't actually seen them here in the state, but listen, we just got Ferraris a couple of years ago. So, <laughs> so no, it's a, uh, it's a really cool thing. You know, it's, it's, I, I'll say this after seeing all the new renovations and I know they got more coming, I'm not sure why you would have hold a, a convention anywhere else. Like it just can't be rivaled with the amount of hotel rooms and all the things you can do. And now the convention space, it's just, I don't know. I mean, tell me what could even rival this, you know, if they, especially if they get more and more technology and more and more money spent, but it was cool. I'm really buying it. It, you know, you're able to park in different spots, get these, these uh, model x's to take you to different halls where really it makes it so we could park anywhere around the convention center and you know hook up into that loop and and get yourself where you need to go pretty quickly what do you just walk down some stairs yeah you just kind of like walk up to where the the parking center is you don't walk uh downstairs it's like it's on the level of of the building and you walk to it's like a bus station essentially but for model x's and they got all these different lanes where you can, you know, pick up a ride and then you just go. It doesn't, you know, if you want to tip somebody that that's your decision, but it doesn't cost you anything. It's part of the convention experience now. It's unbelievable. Like, uh, and I'm really buying it. You know, it was cool to see 
everything kind of finished out and, and the new space is pretty incredible. Hmm. All right. Well, I am buying mustard. All right. Mustard, man. I never knew that mustard was so amazing on burns. So <laughs> last night, <laughs> you know, it was a beautiful day starting to chill out. I spent a lot of time sitting out on the back patio. I was like, you know what? I want to do a fire pit tonight. So I make myself a fire pit. I have this branch that was sticking out a little too far. And it was completely nice on the top, right? Rookie move. You know, it was, it was only my third fire pit, right? You know, I just started. Rookie move. Went down to grab it. Wasn't even thinking. Again, blistered my finger up so bad. Like, I grabbed it and I just went, mm. Then and my girlfriend looks at me and she goes, huh? and I just, mm-hmm, yep. She goes, okay, you got to do mustard. Right now, I had never. Have you heard of mustard? I I never heard of no. it either. So no, I, this, I I don't I don't actually grab hot things like that. So I don't think I need to know it. <laughs> well, in case you have a moment you, like me, well, got it. Right, just in case you find yourself having one of those moments, hmm. go get mustard. It's crazy the way it takes away the pain, takes away the heat out of the burn. And she learned it. This is what's interesting. So girlfriend moved over from Brazil. First job that she found was McDonald's. She worked at McDonald's for months until she was like, listen, I couldn't handle it anymore. And she got burned nonstop. And that's what they taught her was all over. She would start putting mustard on herself to knock down the burn. So, uh, but on that note for her, congratulations. Uh, today is her, we've talked about this a little bit, but Today is her first day. She has now jumped into business ownership and she has bought a company that is not a car cleaning company, but a house cleaning company. So inside of our home, we'll have car detailers and home cleaners. That's who we are. So it's really yeah. interesting. Today is her first day out there testing out into the new customers. And she stopped by a second ago. First day went great. And uh, congrats. Yeah, kudos to her. Put herself in the in the game, and she is now the owner of a house cleaning service. Awesome. Yeah, super fun. All right, so we really want to know, Nick, uh, you mentioned the Tesla Loop. Well, we really want to know kind of what's been going on at SEMA. What's Vegas been like this week? Because, listen, it's across the board, but mostly what we see coming out of whether it's selfies, whether it's people talking, whatever format that you find info that comes out of SEMA, what we're hearing is, quote unquote, amazing times, helping so many people. And it's all this about how many people are there. And listen, some of the quotes are even, if you didn't go, you missed out. The brands that didn't go, they missed out. It's intense how some of them are even saying their booths were packed packed well but what was it like right because what was it really like while you were there uh so here's the coolest thing about living in vegas and having connections in the visitors authority and 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 customers of mine that are involved in sema you kind of get the data prior we knew the data prior you know you and i talked about it privately we shared it with other people the data coming out you know about passes being purchased and that kind of thing weren't good. Uh, nobody expected them to be great. Uh, this is the first real big show back in the car world. And it kind of performed that way. You know, 
I showed you pictures from all day Tuesday, all day Wednesday, all day Thursday. I showed you stuff on Friday that I took myself. Did you see packed? And I shared a lot of people's point of view with you. And again, I think sometimes we need to remember that nobody's ever gone to a party, taken a selfie and go, this party sucks. They always want you to make, want to make you feel like you're missing out, right? Like it's just not in nature when it comes to social media or when it comes to somebody making a decision, everybody wants to defend what they made the choice to do, right? And if you made the choice to go to SEMA, whether you were a detailer, whether you were a company, you want to make it seem like you made the best decision and everybody else did it. I never really understood that because if you're there for the right reasons, what do you care if I'm there? What do you care if other people are there, right? I mean, because the, the customers you want to talk to have made the decision to come just like, you know, just like you did, right? So those are the people you want to reach. I never kind of understood the mindset of, I got to tell you how much you're missing. But to me, it's a huge red flag. When people are telling me how much I'm missing, the reality is I usually find out I didn't miss much. And with SEMA this year, the numbers coming out are some, somewhere between 50 and 70% down in attendance. Uh, depending on the day and time you choose, you, you made the choice to go. So that's, that's what we see data-wise. So that's interesting data wise also too. one of the things we predicted and kind of said, and it really wasn't so much even a prediction, right? It was just what we were being told was that international travel was massively going to be down. What, what was it like when you were there? Uh, so I was at a bunch of different booths. I mean, as you know, I, I have some vendors that, that asked me to stop by and spend some time and, you know, uh, throw some film around and that kind of thing. So look, we saw international travel but we saw it from very, very specific countries. You know, you weren't seeing a big turnout from the European Union. Like that wasn't going to happen, right? Just we knew going in the companies that bailed out and why they bailed out that were from the European Union, they were basically like, um, they were basically in a situation where, um, Marty, you still there? Mm-hmm. Okay, sorry. Um, <clears throat> I apologize, guys. Something happened to my computer there. Um, so basically what we saw was going in, the European-type countries were going to really struggle with travel. Australia was going to struggle with travel. Canada was even going to struggle with travel in some sense of the word. And that's what you saw. But you saw some countries represented there. But you know what SEMA's like. I mean, you see people from all over the globe in a good SEMA year. Is that what we were seeing? The answer is no. And anybody saying differently, that's not a real assessment of what was happening. There was some international travel. It's very predictable where that was from, though. Uh, consider when you walked around the booths, did you, you know, I think when I think a lot of times when I think international travel, it's not only people coming over to be at SEMA, right? There is some of that, but I think of all those little you know, little trickety booths or, you know, the oh, ones yeah. over in the tent that I just always enjoyed to walk over just to scour around to see what uh, some of these little companies were, were coming out with. Was there, was any of that? No, uh, the very, very little compared to what you and I are used to at a full SEMA, right? I mean, you could do like half a haul with these just little trinkets, 
you know, things, people in what you would call the accessory business, where they're importing and exporting all kinds of crazy things for you to use as a, as a detailing company or you to use as a aftermarket light company or whatever, right? I mean, you could have half a haul. And, and it was really kind of telling walking around, you know, SEMA, you don't have a lot of room to walk in the aisles. The aisles were two to three times as wide walking between booths to show that the show was full. They actually extended out the size of the aisle. The aisles were always tiny at SEMA because they're trying to pack every inch. We didn't see that this year. Uh, many people will say, well, that's what they required by COVID. Uh, I actually uh, tried to get that confirmed. Nobody confirmed that, uh, that it was necessarily all COVID related, but it was pretty obvious what they were trying to do. They didn't want the show to look empty, right? They wanted to make sure everything was spread out. You had room. I sent you some pictures. I got pictures sent to me. I got videos sent to me. We have the proof of what was going on at SEMA. I don't have to take anybody's word for it. And, and nobody has to take my word for it. You can contact people that are in the know. They'll tell you this exact data as well. It is what it is. SEMA, it, it's still what they should have done. They should have hosted a show. They did. They tried their best. I'm sure everybody behind the scenes worked their tail off. A lot of companies went and tried to get the best out of it. And it doesn't need to be much more than that. All right. But so let's look at SEMA though, right? Because for me, as at 17, 18, 19, and I've shared the story, most everybody's familiar with it inside the community, but we weighed heavy. Multiple people began to ask us, hey, are you going to ever do a booth? Hey, are you going to do a booth? Hey, are you going to do a booth? No. I found a very niche in what we were doing in Pint Night. To me, when I looked at the whole thing of SEMA, right, I could go in that direction. I could do the booth, could do everything a traditional. But to me, I found a very specific because of what I was going to cost, right? What I was going to risk and then what the reward was going to be. So it seemed very practical, yep. but not everybody's seen it that way. And many <laughs> people hung their hat on this year's SEMA was going to be a massive and they yep. really needed to risk themselves in it. Why do you think companies want to throw their hat all in on Seaman, especially why did they, and not, not only why did they throw their hat in, but then verbally be on the record of saying how amazing it was when it wasn't that way. Yeah. And again, they could have had a good show, man. They could have met a couple good people. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Uh, I, I don't know. I said, I stated this when we first started talking about this, I, I don't know what the whole defense mechanism thing is. You made the choice to go to SEMA, go to SEMA, sell your ass off, try to get everybody to buy your product. That's what you're there for. You're not there to convince me that I'm missing out. Go in there and talk to the people that are there. And there's no real defense of it, right? But, you know, we have this really undervaluing and overvaluing thing that goes on in business as a whole. It's not just SEMA. It's not just trade shows. But people don't really understand what's taking place here. If you look at the last 18 plus months, it's been the most financially lucrative time in our industry. For detailers, for chemical companies, for tool companies, for pad companies, we all know everybody had a record 2020 and it basically continued for most people through most of 2021, okay? For companies of real size, you had huge announcements from companies this week about huge investments into factories and locations. So everybody is taking this capital that they've gotten the last 18 months and they're investing it. They're, they're 
they're, they're going out there and putting more locations and more distribution and more manufacturing plants, right? Everybody's knows how lucrative the last 18 months are yet. We didn't have a single trade show of any substance in those 18 months. So why is there an overvaluing of trade shows? Because people want to be nostalgic because people want to remember, Hey, it used to be a goal of mine, you know, especially guys that grew up in a certain time in this industry, like we did SEMA meant something. Okay. SEMA meant you had made it. Is that what SEMA means today after the last 18 months and we see where the world is? Unfortunately, it doesn't. I'm not saying it's not going to be that way five years from now or 24 months from now or 10 years from now. I have no idea what's coming. All I can tell you is currently trade shows are being like SEMA are overvalued and defended at all costs, even when you don't own the show. None of us own SEMA. Why do I have to defend SEMA? I don't have any reason to defend SEMA. If I went to SEMA like I did, after about three hours, I looked around the show and go, I can't spend any more time here. This, this is pointless. I've told people SEMA is more about vacation than it is about actually getting business done. I mean, I, I made a ton of purchases at SEMA and I got it all done in like three and a half hours. Like it, it's not that big of a deal. And I don't know what it is except for an overvaluing of what we've actually seen take place with trade shows. It doesn't mean they're going away. doesn't mean they should go away, but they should be properly valued as the, where they fit in with business in our industry today. So how would you quote unquote value in a sense of if, if there are so many major, right? So many major brands there, big brands and it's wheels, it's tires, it's, Everything that's really kind of in aftermarket cars. Uh, you, you, you said you went specifically into a lot of the PPF and you looked around and you saw the way they were together. Then you walked around yeah. to other places, right? Like what? We're going to hang our hat and we're going to say it's a great thing to be a part of. But then where does car care, where does our detailing side of the industry fall inside of this big massive overall thing that is SEMA that really I don't think has much to do with detailing does it no it's a this is a great topic we we spoke right before mobile tech vegas right we had this show where we talked about trade shows and all of these companies were bailing out of mobile tech vegas because of quote unquote they were gearing up for SEMA like two weeks later most of those companies back out of SEMA so it was kind of a silly PR play at the moment. We all said that, but I also said at the time, the detailing industry isn't really honest of where it fits in at SEMA. And it couldn't have been more clear than this year. PPF, which is a small part of detailing. Okay. I believe the film industry is a little bit separate than detailing. I know some of us detailers do film, but not all detailers do film or want to do film. And there's a lot of film experts that do no, no semblance of detailing. So film is sort of this part of the aftermarket that exists on its own. And I think you can see the dichotomy of what I mean by SEMA and detailing don't have things on the same page at this point. The PPF at the show, there's one big player in PPF. It's Expel. Everybody else is secondary. SunTech, Lumar is second. And then you have all of these little sub brands doing stuff, 3M, you know, even though they're a big brand, they're not a big player in, in film all the time. They go in and out. 
You have all these little small startup brands. And here's the most interesting thing at SEMA 2021. Expel didn't alienate itself in another hall. It was smack dab in the middle of all the film companies. They didn't want to be separate. They basically had every PPF company that mattered, big and small, in a couple aisle radius. Like you could basically touch every film company that mattered inside of about 50 feet, 100 feet. When you look at the dichotomy of the detailing at the show, it was a couple miles you would have had to cover to maybe touch all of the detailing industry and the people that chose to be there. You had somebody at the complete end of one hall and people at the complete end of another hall. And for those that have attended the Las Vegas Convention Center, that's miles. That's not feet. Uh, it's bizarre. And then you had brands like smack dab in the middle. And, and, and again, you know, I can give you right now two brands off the top of my head that were in no man's land. Like you would have had to, to, to been walking accidentally where they were at to see their booth. And that's not fair to them. That's not what we should want for our industry, for people to be treated that way and alienated from the show, basically. But this is the weird question that I've always asked about detailing in SEMA. There's so many people that defend SEMA and so few people that defended Mobile Tech Vegas, correct? It's a pretty accurate statement. Fine. No problem. I'm on your side. Let me go with your train of thought. But why doesn't detailing have a section of SEMA? If we're so important to SEMA, why are our vendors spread out miles across the show? There's no rhyme or reason of where a detailing company, whether it be chemical, whether it be microfiber towels, whether that's coating, whether it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, Marty. It's all over the show, and it's always been that way. You've witnessed it yourself. So- I'd love to toss this back and forth on why do you think it is that when I started trying to think about, cause you mentioned it, right? So that's what it's really got me started to think. Cause you're right. I, as I would walk through and it, the first year at SEMA, you walk through every hall, right? <laughs> like you just do. And you even walk through those other sideways things and go into the other place. And it's the most random ass shit sometimes. Right. Oh yeah. I finally towards the end of my first trip, you know, it's okay. I can't see how many knobs you can put on a steering wheel. I just can't do it. I, it was 100%. Enough, right. Yeah, 100%. So over the next years, I stopped going to all the other little areas. Unless I was told that maybe there was a booth that was over there that you were trying to go find. Right. Like, yeah. Oh, we heard they were in so-and-so over there. Oh, well, we heard they might be over there. Or you, you're on the map. Don't forget. Hold on. Don't forget the tents. You remember it got SEMA got so big. There were tents. Mm -hmm. They'd be like, oh, there's five or six vendors out in the tents. And I'm going, that's like four miles. Why are there detailing companies four miles away from the central location of other detailing companies? And, and I, I want to I say, could it be the secret sauce? Right? Like, could it be that same fear that detailers have of why they can't be around other detailers? Because, well they'll find out my secret sauce, right? A lot of detailers are uncomfortable with people coming into their place or, or talking with other detailers because they'll find out what they're doing. You, you think that could be a thing for, for companies inside of car care? Do you, do you think that maybe inside of their culture is a bit of fear 
that maybe if we're around other companies, they're going to find out our answer and they're going to take our customers. Is there that fear? I I don't know. I I think it's a, I, you know, look, I I'm with you. The word I, the words I don't know are exactly what I don't understand. I, I don't know, but it doesn't help us. And you can't tell me how important SEMA is to our industry. If you can't even get back to back booths to be detailing. I mean, what I saw in the West Hall this year, there wasn't a single area of the West Hall where PPF was located, which is to me, PPF and detailing go together. So if I'm SEMA and I'm trying to get the most people in this area, I would go ahead and book detailing and chemicals right next to PPF. I didn't see one detailing related chemical company back to back with another one, but there were multiple ones in that hall and they were just scattered. PPF companies all grouped together. I don't understand it. Other than somebody in the PPF industry is taking control of the relationship with SEMA and said, this is the best way to represent our companies because there's no way by happenstance, every PPF company was right next to one another. There's no way that just happened by accident. Somebody took the initiative. Maybe it was Expel. Maybe it was And this is going to bother some detailers because it kind of tells you where Ceramic Pro is on the detailing industry. So many people have so many things to say about Ceramic Pro. I personally have zero opinion on it really on a daily basis. But you can go into Facebook groups. You can go into text messages. Guys are either pro or against. It's it's one of the most divisive companies that we have in detailing quote-unquote chemicals. You know what they chose to do this year? They, they went with themselves. the detailers, right? They went with <laughs> no. the detailers because they're a detailing company. Fuck it, yeah. Yeah, guess what they did? They're boom, oh, they smack did. dab in the middle of the film companies. Mm. Now, everybody's going to say, well, they launched their new film. Maybe that's the reason. Or maybe they just said, this is the more organized part of the show. That if there were all these chemical brands, all these coding companies they could have grouped together with, they would have done that. But they look, and there's 50 different companies in 50 different spots, and then they go, well, we sell PPF. At least we'd make sense here. I don't know. It's this is why I say what I say when it comes to SEMA. Either SEMA doesn't value detailing, which I've been told is the case, or detailing has made it so hard to be valued that there's no way for them to put a value on us as part of the show. So I understand individual companies, especially big ones that want to invest in SEMA. It's a no brainer for them. They got big budgets. It's not really a waste of money. There's no, there's no big issue there. But if we had a more organized situation at SEMA, it'd be more defensible, everybody coming to SEMA's defense as part of our industry and what we should be doing. And again, there's a lot of overvaluing of SEMA and this year put it into more perspective. A lot of stories coming out. I got video and, and photo evidence that of exactly what happened. Plus I've talked to people that actually run those shows and and look, it is what it is. There's no reason to kind of beat around the bush about it. So you mentioned we're overvaluing. I mean, in theory, there's a lot in the car care world, a lot in the car care industry that gets overvalued by people, right? It it becomes very hard many times for whether it's us just trying to pick out a product, whether it's us trying to go with somebody to use in a service, it could, could go throughout the whole spectrum that, Many times a theory or an explanation or somebody right, could be overvalued when actually it might not really should be trusting them 
And so it can become inside of us a, a pool, a fight back and forth. Well, I, I'm supposed to, but maybe I shouldn't because there's something inside of us that starts ding, 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 right? That yep. little thing inside of you that goes, hmm. So how do we begin to read people in the car care industry? Why is it important? I think that this is is something I've undervalued in my career until I started talking to more and more detailers and car owners that have reached out through the podcast that, you know, when I really look back at my career going back 20 years, my being able to read people allowed me to make more money, allowed me to have more success, allowed me to hire the right mechanics to fix my, my cars, allowed me to hire good contractors allowed me to hire good people in my company. And it all came down to reading individuals. And, you know, something you can take away from SEMA is, you know, there's this term that people use. It's like, well, you know, they don't have any reason to say dot, 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 dot. It's like, well, of course they do. If I spent money on SEMA, I have every reason to make it sound terrific. Don't I? Even if it's a little, you know, white lie. I need to make it sound great, right? Because I want people to think that my company made the right decision, that I made the right decision, that I spent time away from my detailing company for the right reasons. That's innate in all of us. But when people say stuff, your ability to read them and their skin in the game behind the scenes is going to lead you to make great decisions or it's going to lead you to really bad decisions. And I see a lot of things around these trade shows and a lot of things around our industry where people just don't know how to get a read on, you know, that guy saying stuff over there, whoever it may be, could be a coding salesman, could be a PPF salesperson. They don't know the real story. And I've told you some of the things coming out of the PPF industry that I'm dealing with at my shop. It's pretty alarming. But luckily, I have 20 or so years in this industry, and I know how to weed through it, and I know how to kind of analyze the information I'm being given. But what if you don't? What if you don't take it seriously that you got to kind of start weeding out what is good and what is bad information? And I've said something a lot on this podcast that I think always goes where people just don't take it seriously, but I really mean it. Bad information is much worse than no information at all. Because at least when you and I had no information, we could try stuff with the polisher and figure it out. But bad information, I'll be hazing up paint jobs for the next 20 years because somebody quote unquote reputable gave me a tip or a trick, right? And so the same goes for you running a business or you hiring an employee or you being an employee and you want to move up or whatever. Everything comes down to reading people. And I hear far too often, and this SEMA thing has been really funny behind the scenes for you and I, because we have firsthand knowledge. I don't have to take people's word for this. I'm here. I have the connections to talk to. I I have people at the show that have no skin in the game. They're just employees of film companies or coding companies or whatever. And they have no reason, literally, to hide the fact that some employees got sent home in the middle of the week of big companies because there was nobody to talk to or not enough people to talk to, or they had too many bodies at the booth compared to what was visiting the booth. So reading people is going to play a big part in you being able to have success with your car, going to be able to have success with your business, being able to have success buying different things from vendors. 
And, and I think it's completely something I undervalued for a lot of years that I just had an innate ability of, but now it's becoming much more clear to me that, that maybe it's something we need to talk about. Yeah. So what, what do you look for? Cause for me, I, I look for a couple different things when I'm, when I hear somebody say something, right? Like at the first off, I hear what they're saying and I try and actually listen, right? It, it is, it is hard, no doubt to fully listen to people when they're speaking. Sometimes some people speak so fast or they got too much going on or they're really, their train of thoughts many times like mine are not always <laughs> in good, you know, proportions of sentences and laid out into good theories, right? Like, so if you listen to me, sometimes I'm jumping around all over the place, right? That's just the way my mind works. So when you're trying to follow somebody and you're listening, it can be difficult. If I'm listening to a podcast, I'll just go back and rewind it, right? That's easy. But let's say we're buying a car, right? Let's say we we're at a show and somebody's selling us something, a product. Let's say we're at a car show, right? You, you can list out all these different places that would be inside our industry that it could happen. So what are some things that we would look for when we're trying to read somebody and to understand, you know, their intentions and what, what really are they trying to do? Of course, they're trying to sell something, but salesmen aren't bad no. if they're meeting a need, right? If I have a need as a customer and that salesman is meeting that need with a product or a service, then he's a good salesman. So yep. I should listen to him. Yeah. Well, I, I think the first thing is most people don't ask enough questions. Oh, man, you guys are missing out on SEMA. Somebody says that to you, Marty. It's really simple. Hey, uh, awesome. I actually got some different information, you know, some pictures that I saw. Things didn't look so rosy. Can you kind of explain how I got a different view than you did, Marty, at, at the show? There's a question. Now the person has to answer and now the person, and again, we're talking about something completely meaningless. It's SEMA is what it is, but you can apply this to any, like you said, listening is the big part. It's hard for all of us. We all make the mistake of sometimes somebody's just saying things and I'm standing in front of them and I'm kind of listening and I'm kind of not right. Like we're all guilty of that. But the, the thing is, is that as soon as I'm trying to buy something, or as soon as I'm trying to get to the bottom of something, 20 questions which is taken as a negative and we say, Hey, what's with the 20 questions. But if I walked into every situation where I needed to buy something, okay. Where I needed to, uh, you know, find some success, guess what I would do go into question mode. Hey, I have the best this. Okay, great. Can you tell me about this? Hey, I read online. Can you explain this? Hey, I've seen this on my buddy's car. Can you explain this? How does yours relate to this? How does yours relate to that? right? Get the person talking. That's sales 101. That's what really poor salesmen who don't have the best intentions don't want you to do is ask 20 questions. I've said on this podcast for years, I love if somebody wants educated about what we do, I'll sit down with them for as long as they need me to sit down with them. I think that's the sign of somebody that is trying to do the right thing. But you also know those salesmen that you've run into in your life that you maybe even be friends with. Maybe they're one of your family members where they're trying to close the deal as fast as possible because they don't want people to really get to the bottom of things. And I think 
what a lot of detailers and what a lot of car owners listening to this can take from this is the way to find a great mechanic is to really ask a lot of questions. Hey, your alternator's out. Okay, can you explain to me what that means? How can that happen? How long does it take you to repair it? Where are you getting the part from? You see what I'm doing now? Somebody may see that as annoying, but that's actually how you get to the bottom of whether somebody knows what they're talking about or not. And I see a lot of detailers who are going to go on forums and they're going to listen to somebody or go on a Facebook page and they're going to listen to people and they're never going to ask a question. And they're going to go down this path that I would have probably been guilty of. You would have probably been guilty of if we grew up in this age is I'm just going to go down this path and I'm just going to follow this person because I've told they're reputable. I can tell you if they're saying SEMO is well attended, it's not what the facts are. It's not about my opinion or your opinion or anybody's opinion. It's about what the facts tell us. There wasn't one bit of traffic for me to get into SEMA. Anybody that's ever attended SEMA, tell me about the traffic or tell me about the trucks that are lined up from one end of the convention center to the other end of the convention center with barely room to walk between them. I think I saw about, I don't know, 10% of that. And we got to work on some pretty cool stuff for SEMA. I think one of the trucks that we put film on is going to win build of the year. So let me ask this question a million times. And I mean this sincerely. Are you asking enough questions or are you just letting somebody tell you whatever? Because you shouldn't do that with Marty and I. Hey, man, ask us about the coatings. Ask us about our soap. Ask us about our APC. Ask us about everything. That's the, the, the thing that I want people to do. So I think the only way that you can start to get to the bottom and hire better people and, and, and do better when you're trying to find a mechanic or do better when you're trying to get to the bottom of an employee issue or whatever is to start asking more questions. And, and look, I know that's not a perfect answer, but it sure is a hell of a start. It is. And I, it's, a great, it's a great start. And questions are very pivotal for coming out to figure out if that's the person that you want to work with or not. Um, I also look for body language. Right. I mean, there's definitely ways of knowing that if people are kind of a little insy, hey, I look in photos to see, right, if they're taking that selfie, you know, what are people around them looking like? You know, <laughs> what are they doing? What's over in that corner look like? And that's what's interesting. I know that there's a lot of detailers that do that when they're looking in people's shops and they'll say, oh, hey, I saw your bottle over in that corner of the shelf. And I was like, yeah, that was pretty cool, wasn't it? All right. So no matter what people are putting out and whatever they're saying, I, I like to look around a little bit and I like to read and analyze a little bit of maybe what's going on instead of just the facial expression of how amazing their time is and the words that they write about how they're influencing so many people's lives and changing the pattern of their direction and all this really great stuff, right? Like it, it was cool to see some of the, the, well, as I read them to you, right? I read you a couple and it was like, it was so well thought out and they had such <laughs> amazing words. Like I was like, God, you, you even asked me if I felt inspired, right? Like it was, it was really cool, right? But why? Yeah, it was great. I, I'm happy that people had a great time there. And I am. I, I really, because I had a great time at SEMA and I've oh, taken yeah. selfies at SEMA and I've oh, had yeah. a blast. I really have. I really have. I think they've been, SEMA has been a really fun experience. I hope that it continues. I hope that we get to go back for pint night in 2022, right? Fingers yeah. crossed. We find a great place. 
everybody in the community gets together and has some beer. That's really what I hope. Yeah, I, I mean, you're, 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 you're 100% right. Like, there, there's no reason to talk about SEMA other than the real, realism of what SEMA was at that moment. Yeah. That, that's all you need to do. Like, hey, guys, you know, detailers that want to go to SEMA, I always say the same thing. You're going to do what we all did. You're going to walk every nook yeah. and cranny the first time. And, and after that, you're going to go, I'm never doing that again. Yeah, I wasted this. You know, I didn't need to go see this. But, you know, it was cool that I did it once, right? I mean, that's what we all do. And then when I went in there this time, it was strictly, I got these three meetings. I need to get these four things done. And then I'm out. And I'm going to give a little search around. I'm going to look at the map. And this is where I say, if detailing is organized at SEMA, I can go spend an hour and see everybody and do PPF. I could walk everybody that mattered in PPF in about 40 minutes, talking to people, getting my information down, doing everything I need to do in about 40 minutes. Detailing, I would have been an hour in travel time. And I don't want that for detailing. And that's why I say what I say, guys, is that you can tell me how important SEMA is. And I'm with you. Okay, let's, let's, all, let's all agree that that's, a, that's the case. Then why is zero time invested in getting our corner of the show? I think it's a fair question. That's a very fair question. And I hope that people can hop on the community pub this Wednesday night at 730 <laughs> and give us their answer. Right. Mm. Give us their answer. It'd be a cool thing for everybody to start talking sure. about. And who knows, Nick, maybe you're the influence that could push this together. <laughs> I'm, I'm good. You guys need to, together, <laughs> you guys need to find someone else. Together, on there. Right? Mm. All right. We'll uh, see everybody on brother. the community pub, 730 central Wednesday, zoom ID 918-800-1188. Nick, have a great week, man. Thank you, brother. See ya. If you got any value out of this, this is a fun episode. It really was. I, I love Nick's viewpoint of being right there at the SEMA show. So, hey, if you got any value out of it, please go share it to other people, whether it's a Facebook group. Maybe you saw them take some photos. Go in and ask them what they really thought and then tie in the podcast because that's where you heard to ask more questions. Hey, this is Marshall, Total Auto Solutions, Hyperclean, Pints and Polishing Podcast. Maybe they'll all come together. Enjoy your day. Mm -hmm.